I'm Asan, and this is The Review. Manchester City beat Vincent Company's Burnley 3-1 at the Etihad. Kevin De Bruyne is back. Erling Haaland is back. Matthias Nunes has arrived. Jeremy Doku is back. Phil Foden is the second coming of Iniesta, and I am ready to talk about all of these things with Mr. Ali Fogg. Good afternoon, Ali. Uh, it's still morning, but good morning to you, or, or good afternoon, wherever you are, by the time you're listening to this, oh, you 93.20 listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and it is afternoon where I am, because I'm an hour ahead of you, so... Oh, go on then, we're, we're either, side <laughs> of the, uh, either, either side of the great timeline. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, yeah, and I'm... Uh, 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 life is flying by. I'm glad to have got through January. You know, it like, feels like surviving January is always an achievement in itself. And and, uh, and hello to the first. Uh, I saw a, um, a, a snowdrop or a, a, some little bulb pop up in the garden this afternoon, uh, this morning. Uh, so it feels like we have we have turned the corner and brighter days are ahead. Although I have to say it didn't feel like that in Manchester, but half past seven last night, I will say, which we'll come <laughs> on to that in a moment. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, look, um, before we dive into into the Burnley game, I've not chatted to you for a while. How are you feeling about the season so far? Uh, that's... A big question. I'm feeling okay about it. I'm generally I'm feeling uh, really fine. <laughs> it's not been great. We've we've been playing a little bit below our capacity all the way through. Uh, things haven't quite gone as well by this stage as it looked like they might round about the first of September or so. Uh, but basically, we are pretty much exactly where we always are uh, round about the end of January, going into the uh, the. You know, the business end of the season, uh, which is you know, on the shoulder of uh, of of the 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 leading leading the pack, uh, and and things are turning the corner quite well. There's a lot of really interesting uh, subplots going on in the Premier League, as hmm. we'll maybe going to talk about again <laughs> a little <laughs> later. Uh, but I just think, you know, I, I think the Premier League this year is is an absolutely cracking competition. Um, we. For all the talk about you know, you know whether it's Manchester City or or big money or oil or whatever else killing football, uh, the Premier League really is the greatest sporting competition in the world, and this year is an absolute classic. I think it's it's a it's a crack cracking league. Um, lots to talk about, lots to think about, lots to enjoy, uh, lots of unpredictable events going on, and and we're coming out of it okay so far, and and you know getting. Pretty much an entire squad, uh, either on the pitch or on the bench, last night just felt fabulous. And it really and being did. Able to, being able to look at all the lads there waiting to do their bit, it, 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 it feels good. And, and like I say, you know, turning the corner from January into February, uh, it, it seems like a really good time to have the, you know, to have the, the, the band back together. It has felt a little bit like we've been driving a car with three wheels since the start yeah. of the season, simply because of uh, the injuries. I think that obviously the Kev one is big, but also losing Erling for the best part of two months uh, compounds that. Stones in and out, barely played football. So I think those three are key to what City did last season. So I do think they were a big miss. Just to go back to what you said about... Um, the league uh, being so unpredictable. I completely agree. It's funny. I had a conversation with Steve Chudy yesterday about this 
Um, and we were sort of discussing, you know, the idea of betting and tipping. And, and I was saying to him, I think it's almost impossible to predict games this season because if you remove Burnley and Sheffield United, and I include, I include Luton in this, I think that away from home, you can get beat by anybody. So yep. Spurs go Luton and get beat. Arsenal could go to Luton and get beat. Chelsea would go to Luton and get beat. Even Liverpool go to Luton and get beat. I just think that there's, I think that there there is a real, a real competition and a real quality of of uh, of players and coaches, which means that there's a quality of teams in the league. And it's it does it does make me laugh because we have this sort of angst driven media at present which seems to be obsessed with the idea of how the premier league has somehow eaten itself because of how much money is in the premier league and i i just find that very i just find that a very strange position to take because as you say there's so much quality in the league i think that if you are a genuine football follower or a genuine football lover i don't understand how you can't look at this league and go this is actually pretty incredible yeah, you know, from I mean, the fact that you can have Luton coming out and being two 0 up against Brighton within literally two minutes, mm. uh, like that, that's amazing. And you know, and and what, you know, e- even if they only finish like seventeenth or sixteenth in in the end, what Luton have already done this season is just phenomenal, and is is what football is all about. And hundred percent. And I mean, you talked about uh, the you know, whether you can predict any results. I mean, it's probably the more Morning after uh, Burnley have been to the Etihad is not the best time to have because <laughs> if there was one nailed-on banger, uh, the only surprise is, is where the final score finished up and it wasn't actually five 0 No, uh, every other every other time it would have been. But you know that fixture aside, uh, I would actually include Burnley and Sheffield United because even though both of them have really struggled and, and particularly Sheffield United have looked quite bad at times, they've also showed glimmers here and there, including. You know, last night again against Palace. Um, both of those teams look like they're not that many percentage points away from being able to you know turn it around and start producing the type of results that Luton have done. Um, they haven't done it, and they might not do it. It could still, but but they're not that far off the pace. There's been a combination of unlucky and just lacking confidence, and just a little bit you know ten percent below where they need to be in order to start producing these results. Mm. Um, yeah, and and I wouldn't. You know, like we got a real fright against Sheffield United way back at, at the start of the season. Uh, it was a really ugly game, and they very came very close to to you know, doing us. Um, I wouldn't feel confident going into any game except possibly home to Burnley. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a fair way of characterising it. And so, let's talk about home to Burnley. I want to I want to start by asking you uh, a little bit about the team selection, particularly um, Rico Lewis and, and Matthias Nunes. Were you pleased to see them both in the starting lineup? I was fascinated by it. Um, I was, I, I was, I was more, um, okay. Rico Lewis is never surprised to see him in, uh, in a starting lineup because he's part of the rotation and he's absolutely good enough. And particularly when you got John Stones back, um, like it, it, there, there's something about that that combination that we were using last year of Rico as the folded in fullback uh, when you've got a, a 
defender as solid as Stones next to him and behind him. Uh, so all of that made perfect sense. Uh, Nunes did surprise me. I didn't expect to see it. Uh, and at the uh, once all had, had been through the ringer and, and we'd seen what happened, I was absolutely delighted with it. I, I confess I raised an eyebrow as to why he was there, particularly when Bernardo wasn't, um, you know, Kovacic wasn't, you know, there's so many other options that could have been there. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it worked out nicely. And, yeah, that, again, we'll come out and talk more about this uh, later, but um, but it feels like the, the Nunes selection was the most interesting one and, and actually turned out to be probably the most interesting pick by the end of the game. Well, maybe what we'll do is we'll do this slightly differently to the to the way that I would normally do a review. Let's let's talk about some individuals to begin with, and then we can have a wider look at the game. Um, I I will be honest. I have been uh, a little bit on the fence uh, about Nunes from the moment that we were linked with him, um, and for me mainly, it was because I wondered whether he was a little bit too raw. Um, for this city team and his early performances for me they felt quite raw i feel as though one of the maybe to contrast with jeremy doku one of the things that you felt with doku very quickly is he is he understood when to just pass the ball sideways as as dumb as that sounds it's actually a very difficult thing to learn i imagine within the intensity of a premier league match where you want to make an impression especially if you're in a new team um knowing when to just give it simple and keep it simple is is tricky um and i, I felt nunes hadn't quite grasped that early on but then the flip side of that is i felt his impact last night running from midfield was far beyond somebody sent me a message and i'll throw this over to you somebody sent me a message uh basically saying i thought there was two rodries on the pitch it took me a while <laughs> to figure out that one of the Rodgers was actually Nunes, which i think is yeah. maybe the biggest compliment that you can pay Nunes's yeah. performance last night Definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was the first time last night that I felt I knew that uh, I knew what Matthias Nunes' job was last mm. night. And it looked to me like he knew what his job was last night and he did it pretty well. Uh, now, we, uh, I think we often underestimate how much the players around you makes a difference for, for players. So one of the things about uh, you know, when Rodri was out after his suspension earlier in the season and, and our entire team went to shit, basically, um, I think one of the reasons is that uh, Rodri has the impact on other players' performances that is very difficult to quantify and it's very difficult to explain when he's not there. Just everyone lifts their game. And that is so true of Kevin De Bruyne, so much more true of Kevin De Bruyne than anyone else. And I think when you're a midfielder and you've got Kevin De Bruyne uh, you know, running all over the pitch, orchestrating things, um, generally raising everyone's expectations and demands on the players around him, then people deliver. And I wonder if what Nunes has needed all along is for Kevin De Bruyne to be there as the centrepiece of our mm. field uh, and allow him to to do you know what he's good at, which is a bit of ball carrying, which to be fair, Bernardo does as well. Um, and there's one thing that you know you mentioned uh, Doku playing the sideways balls, which prompts me to say something now that I I might not get the chance to later. Uh, I remember when Jeremy Doku first signed for us, 
and I had a chat with Steve Tudor on one of these pods. You might have been on it the same day. I can't remember if you were or not. Um, but Steve and I, because I said one of the reasons we were excited about Doku was that he, can, he introduced a, a little bit of chaos and unpredictability to our side, and we weren't quite sure what he was going to do, and he was a bit of a, a loose cannon. Uh, and that was when you know, we said that after he played you know, one or two games, and we profoundly misjudged him we underestimated him and we did him a disservice because what i have since learned and seen in, in jeremy doku is he does an incredibly disciplined job for pep guardiola exactly what he's been told to do he is taking on instructions he is carrying them out to the letter and what you talk about you know, knowing when to pass sideways knowing when to turn back give the ball back to rodri if there's not an opportunity all of those subtle low level doing the right thing again and again and again uh, doku picked that up in a flash and and we should we should give him all the credit in the world for doing that um contrary to that uh, uh nunez i think has got just a little bit of the the unpredictability you know going off in a dribble mm, in an unpredictable direction definitely. that you don't that no other player would do um bernardo has got that occasionally and and i did i did see glimpses of how bernardo plays in in the job nunez did last night but nunez much more so um I mean, there was one point when he, he went off. He went off in a dribble that, that that took him backwards. He ended up going kind of almost a three hundred and sixty degree circle, and, and then went uh, and then ended up you know gaining fifty yards with the ball at his hand. That kind of ball carrying, Kovacic does it a bit as well, uh, and he's really good at it. But Nunes has got something special there. Um, and if our you know, if his teammates can work out what he's likely to do and be there for him, because that—that's the problem with unpredictability and and you know, suddenly going on on you know snaking dribbles in unpredictable directions. His teammates don't know where he's going to be, so they don't know where to to run to. So once they start getting their heads around each other, um, I think you know we can expect good things. So you know, if if our first talking point for today is Matias Nunes. Um, I think last night was the was the, the game when he arrived for Manchester City. And I I will feel so much more comfortable next time I see his team uh, see his name in a starting lineup than than I have been in the past. Agreed. I think he he, he brings when he when he's when he's very good as he was last night, he brings qualities uh centrally that that none of our other centre midfield yeah. players have. Um, in many in many ways, I've said this before. I sort of understand why he was so heavily linked with Liverpool because he is the proto Klopp midfielder. Yeah, he's you know he's yeah. he is a little bit all action. He just you know he's he's a guy who loves to play in transitions. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, and it kind of brings us nicely round to the first goal. I think for me, if you are going to have that style of play, you've got to have something at the end of it. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.